0: Awesome nerds, and welcome to another episode of DND in TV, the weekly podcast where we rewatch or recap television shows we really enjoy and talk about how the themes, concepts, and characters could be used in different role playing games. I am your host, Jeremy, and today I'm joined by my co host, Afif, who is currently ringing a bell and declaring, The pirates are here! The pirates are here!
1: Yeah, the crocodiles are here! The crocodiles are here! It's because I'm from oh, look, Darwin.
0: The- <laughs> oh, I see. The pirate crocodiles. Yeah. Crocodile pirates? Yeah. Which would be um, right there? Oh, I guess. Actually, are they crocodiles who are pirates, or are they pirates who take crocodiles?
1: I feel like the latter is more in line with One Piece.
0: Yes, that is very. Yeah, very no, There's some stuff going on in this one that suggests that there are crocodiles who are pirates.
1: If there's, if like the the weird snail things are like the telephone equivalent, what's True. like the magic kind of magitech that? crocodiles represent
0: um oh that's a good question uh oh i know it's a waste disposal system
1: okay because we saw there was like some sort of bird not quite a pelican i think that had like a it looked like a messenger hat slash bag oh
0: yeah that's right there was talking to me. in the 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 first episode yeah yeah Yeah. and there's like penguins and stuff so i don't know i guess we'll, we'll find out this isn't, like, an Avatar situation where it's, like, um, Sky Bison and, like, Fire Pandas and stuff like that, which is a shame, because it'd be easier to come up with animals. These seem to just be... Yeah. Uh, this is, like, Flintstone-level animals.
1: <laughs> I also just realised he did, there's, like, a fourth wall break at the start of the series, but I don't think he's done yeah. it since then.
0: No, because it wasn't a fourth wall break. He was just talking to a bird.
1: He was just talking to the bird. Right, okay. Yeah, it was okay. a fake-out. I forgot that yeah. I forgot that I was the bird. Sorry,
0: that's right. You you are the bird. The bird is the word. Ah, uh, so we are talking about One Piece season one episode three. Tell no tales. In need of a proper ship, the gang reaches syrup village and meets the cheerful Usopp and his best friend Kaya, Kaya, Kaya. A uh, sinister threat disrupts their plans. Bum bum bum. Sorry, very, very sinister. Sinister meaning left.
1: Sinister as in ambiguous. Yeah.
0: Sure. <laughs> I like this episode. It was fun. Um, This is the episode, basically, they show up. They're all like, hey, we need a ship. And Usopp, who's like the the boy who cried wolf in this village, is all like, hey, I know someone who can get you a ship. Turns out it's the owner of the shipyards who's getting poisoned by her butler. And um, they make friends with her.
1: That's it. Did you think when he was like, oh, I know the owner of this ship and stuff, do you think he was telling the truth?
0: Uh, Yes, I did. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I felt like that was kind of, like he seemed to be bragging about it. Like, I know this is kind of his thing that he tells these like massive tales, but he, he seems to tell that to, to people he wants, no, well, I guess that makes sense that he wants um respect from, which would be these people as well.
1: So isn't that more incentive to lie or?
0: Yeah. I'm just realizing that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 No, because for some I'm, reason. I, mean, I remember just...
1: that scene, like when he was like creeping up on the the grounds and stuff, like I thought he was being shady. Yeah. I thought that he was this was just like some random, you know, local noble that he was trying to rip off.
0: Like No, no, immediately assumed I don't know why. I guess because I'd read the synopsis where it's like his best friend Kai, I'm like, well, obviously he's got a best friend. And that whoever that is, uh, I just naturally assumed, yeah. He knows the person who's probably going to be mad at him for bringing these people, but he seems like he's got a good heart.
1: Yeah, I think that's the the common theme amongst the
0: quote-unquote straw hat nothing. crew. To do nothing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's where we can start. Okay, the straw hat crew. So that's the name that Luffy wants to name them, and he's come up with his little pirate flag with the straw hat on it. But I want to talk about adventuring group names.
1: Yeah. Yep. Like perfect time, yeah,
0: yeah, right. I, I think I did that one really well. So, Vox Machina from from Critical Role and Hell's Bells and the Mighty Nine, like they all come up with a name in unit. Well, sometimes not so much in universe, um, but a reason why what they can be referred to as a group. And do you have that for your parties when you are running games?
1: Um. Yes. Um. I'm trying to think how, like, forced it was or how organic it was, I guess. Mm. Um, I know for my home campaign, I think they were trying to come up with a name. I don't think I prompted them to. I think they were just... They got hired by, like, a... They uh, like got hired by Ezreal. Actually, you know who Ezreal is. We did that. <laughs> um, yeah, they got hired by Ezra, and they're like, oh, we should come up with a name for our party. I think one of the names I kind of threw out was just, like, a acronym of the first letter of all the different character names like what can we Mm -hmm. make out of this and they settled on driver um they're like hey we could do like driver like what if we were the drivers and then i made an offhand joke about ezreal's last name being adams so it'd be like adams drivers Uh, yes Adams. Uh, and of course they latched onto that yeah Yeah. (laughs) immediately yeah
0: Uh, i feel like at the table puns are where it often comes to I have a group, again, with the acronyms where they're the boobs because um, they're a band of obnoxious buds. And it is it is really worthwhile because every single time they get introduced to a new person, they're like, who are you? And like, "Where boobs. And they're like, yes, yes, you are. You've just busted <laughs> into my throne room and you're throwing stuff about. But really, who are you? And yeah, yeah I I like... There is that need for a game master, I feel, to have a group name for them rather I think than it's to valuable. say yeah. you people. And there's um, a sequence in, oh, I want to say it's Rack Queens in the first issue of Rat Queens, which is amazing, where it has all the adventuring parties in a town and they're heading off to do like all these different quests and it's got the four Daves and like, Um, Well, the Rat Queens, obviously, and, like, the Holy Order of such and such, and the people, they're all elves. And I like that idea, that they just, um, you know, they come up with a- it's like a band name.
1: Yeah, I think the thing that always strikes me as well is how, like, maybe invested's not really the right word, but the name, like, it starts to mean a lot to people, I think, when it's a party name- as opposed to just, like, the character name, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there's more kind of, like, maybe it is just that sort of togetherness, like, it's, oh, we're part of a community now, and it's, like, you're sharing it with other people. Um, mm. But even, like, the the sort of dumbest, punniest names, you know, I've always seen, like, people latch onto those. Uh, given enough time, you know, they start to really mean something to people. I
0: agree with that, yeah. I've had um, been part of the orphanage for, for some time. Um, because all the members of the party had dead parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or daddy issues. That was another part of it. But, yeah, it's um, it really is that it gives you a sense of something greater. And, like, a community where the dog starts to bark and you, you can feel this comradeship because everyone's annoyed by it.
1: Yeah, and I think as well, because, like, you know, different characters will come and go or um, I think maybe it might even just be the fact that I think that they refer like to the names more than they white with the characters even like, Mm. I don't know. I just find it's, there's a more of a separation there between like a party name versus just like the character names and how attached people get to them.
0: Yeah. I think it does become that element of, if I was telling my story, it would just be my character name, but because we're all here, all of these characters are doing this. All of them are here for the adventure. Um, so it's the group doing these things, rather than just just me. Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> know what I am going on with it. I like adventuring group names. Uh, hey, people listening to this podcast, tell us your adventuring group names. I want to hear some cool ones, and we'll post them on Instagram or something. Because. What's the worst one and what's the best one? That's probably the, the good, good How would you rank ask.
1: the Jolly Roger? Oh, not the Jolly Roger, the Straw
0: Hat Crew, sorry. Straw Hat Crew's pretty good. I don't mind that one, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's pretty fun. It is a bit, um, like, focused on Luffy, right? It's a bit, like, centered
0: on a single character. Well, yeah, but he's the one that's brought them all together. He's the Sailor Moon, if you will. Sure.
1: But then if it was like, if you were, if it was like a campaign, potentially that's kind of valuing one, you have to be careful of like, you know, at the table.
0: Well, I think that's the case because they all kind of have their own thing, but Zoro doesn't seem to really care. And uh, Nami's just like, no, I want to stay under the radar. Luffy's really the only one who wants a name. That's true, actually, yeah. So it's like, yeah, sure. You can name whatever you want. I don't care. That feels like the um, the attitude of it. So it's not really making... And the thing is, he's so inclusive about it. He's like, hey, the most noticeable thing about us is my straw hat. So we should be there.
1: That's, that feels as well a bit like the DM needed a name. Like, you've got to yeah. come up with a name by the end of the session. And he just kind of looked around and picked whatever was closest to him.
0: There's a great moment in... Um, in the good omens novel where it's going through the name of the group of kids in the town. And they basically have like a list of like 12 different names. And it goes, it boils down to whatever Adam had seen on TV that week. And so like, we're changing our group name based on whatever's coolest in the zeitgeist right now. And it's like, eventually everyone just called them them. And that's what they stuck with as well. And so like, I like that, but it eventually just becomes, Oh, Oh, it's you.
1: Yeah. Um, I feel like this episode as well was very this is maybe the one that felt the most like DD. There was just a lot of like yes. little things, I think, where
0: I was gonna say Nami and her casual thievery as she's wandering around the house. That felt very DD to me.
1: Yeah, that was like the shenanigans. It was like, okay, what what's everyone doing? All right, I want to go steal everything. Everyone has yeah. their own agenda. It's like, yeah, I want to go to the kitchen and eat. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> Is there a rich person here? I want to seduce them. It's like, not like everyone. Like, yeah. Normally one of them feels like they're being the straight man and like being like, no, no, I'm, I'm doing the thing that the DM wants to. It's like, no, no. In this one, no one was fucking on on the right page. Like what? We're just having fun on this one. We're just like playing around. It's not going to, it's going to an actual adventure.
1: Yeah. Um, this does kind of remind me of though, like, I think in my campaign, there's been like several balls slash fancy events, but like every single one of them turns out really, really badly. Like it's always a mm-hmm. terrible plot involved. And that's what this felt like as well, where it's like, oh, we have a chance to like relax and have fun. And it's like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. <It's like laughs> that's the fl-
0: Honestly, I was really disappointed that, um, that, uh, Clahador was evil. Like I didn't what want the would butler you have to preferred? do it. I'd have made the the accountant evil, the sheep dude.
1: Yeah, the weird sheep dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mary, was his name Mary? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like I basically, because I would have been like, yes, you don't make the person who could be working class evil. You make the person who deals with all the money evil. Like that. That rings better to me but mm, yeah. I'm okay with the butler having done. To- there was just a moment when um his two henchmen, uh, Sham and whatever the other guy's name is, like were cooking and like doing don't eat that it's poison and then he comes in and they're just like oh we got to hide what we're doing. I'm like oh wait, maybe he's not evil. Maybe maybe they're doing a-, a trick. Maybe the vizier isn't the the big bad. It's like no no. No, he's got fucking knives on his hands. He's evil. Yeah.
1: Which, um um yeah, what
0: was his name? Uh, Kuro, yeah, the black like, cat pirate. Yeah,
1: the black. Oh, the names! I'm so bad with the names. There's some some weird names in this one.
0: I love that it, the the bounties on each of them are going up. Like um, Buggy was only worth 15 million, and Kuro was worth 20 million. And given that, hey, look, Buggy's back uh, in a couple of scenes in this episode.
1: Yeah, he wasn't gone long.
0: <laughs> no, I was just like, wait. But he was worth $15 million? And the, the guy, well, we'll just quickly talk about Arlong showing up, who's worth about the same. I'm like, hey, wait, is this guy supposed to be, like, really bad? Because he seems like everyone's terrified even, but he's only worth, like, a little bit more than Bucky was. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm confused. Anyway, um, back, to, back to Kura. Yeah, the, it feels like the, um, the wanted poster doesn't come up long enough for me to really get a, a good look at it.
1: Yeah, I noticed that as well. Like, I wanted to <laughs> read more and, like, maybe it listed the crimes they did, stuff like that.
0: So I only have a chance to see, like, there's three things that I noticed. There's the the name, the picture, and the amount they're worth, and I only ever get a look at two of them. Like, I can't <laughs> get all three in one thing. I have to go back and look at it again.
1: Um, but that also, the Wonder poster reminded me, that was another very classic d moment where they r- rock up to town and Zoro's like sees the poster and he realizes like how much the bounty was worth that they just passed up on with Buggy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like we could have just we could have just put his head in a box and like brought that. <laughs> like that would have been enough. That was fun. I I like I like the whole concept of bounties. Honestly, it's a very D&D feel to me.
1: Yeah, I, it's think, in- I think it's like a a natural way of like making kind of open and shut sort of quests, you know, like yeah. instead of it just being like a weird, okay, you go here, you do the thing, that's it. Instead, it's like, yeah, it's a bounty. That's what a bounty is.
0: Hmm. And it always gives you a reason to be out there doing stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, for whatever. What you if you
0: want the money, here you go. Here's a way to get money. If you want to keep somewhere safe, great. Here you go. This thing's threatening people. And yeah. even better, you can just go, hey, look, this person doesn't care about money, doesn't care about safety, he's just after information about the person that killed his dad. Great. The person giving the bounty has that information. He's like, I can't give that to you unless you complete the bounty.
1: Yeah, you can use bounties for all sorts of things. It's like a, it's like an egg.
0: Yes. Oh, I see. I see. Eggs, because they're in so many stuffs. Yeah. Nice. Versatile. Well done. Very versatile. Uh, yeah, I, I like that one. Um, what else was going to be about the, the bouncer? Oh, oh, that's right. Another thing, a couple of, a few. it really did feel very D and D because I'm thinking the, the bit at the end where Luffy just like drinks an entire soup pail of poison. That to me felt like the game master going, okay. They haven't really picked up on the fact that the butler's evil. Like, I need to actually get them involved in this plot somehow. So, uh, yeah, that thing you're looking, like, you're looking for food. Oh, the soup, it's poison. Make a con save. And to, like, frantically try to get them involved.
1: Yeah, Luffy, though, must be part dwarf or something. He's got that
0: resistance to poison. Oh, he might. He's, why would he not be yeah. resistant? He's just, you know, he's a bouncy boy.
1: Does the poison just that... bounce off him? How does that work? It he
0: just it's like um he it doesn't absorb. Oh, sure. Cuz he's like yeah, he's like rubber. He's not absorbent. Maybe
1: that's why he's so hungry, like so little food yeah. that he eats actually gets absorbed.
0: Yeah, he's just one of those stringy guys. Uh speaking of appearances, what did you think of the the very short montage of getting dressed and getting changed?
1: Uh, I reckon they could have done more with that. I think that was like a fun I think opportunity. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I did like um, that. Um, both times Nami comes out and they're just like, and she's like, how do I look? And they're like, you look like Nami. And it's like, mm, yeah, that's also the
1: kind of aggressively asexual, you know, like <laughs> yes. somebody's being a little flirty at the table and the other one's like, "Nope, you just look like you. <laughs> yeah.
0: You just look like you. What is this? What is this stuff you're talking about? I'm a lizard. I don't get into that stuff. Um, no, I liked it as well because it did feel like when she puts on costumes, she's not wanting to look like herself. She's wanting to put on that facade that um like to get in somewhere or to pretend to be someone she's not. So Luffy's kind of helping her there, like she's putting on this dress and it's like, "No, you still look like you. like I, oh, I get what you're doing, and you're not you're yeah. not achieving what you're after.
1: Okay, I didn't see it like that, but that's, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I, that's how I'm going to be seeing it. That's how I choose to see it. Because it helps. But I can guarantee, I can guarantee, dear listeners, Afif, how long has some of your players spent picking out clothing or items um, in a game?
1: Oh, well, I guess they're, I think they're slightly different because I think one is like aesthetic choices and the other is more practical
0: I'm not talking about like equipment and like like magical items. I'm talking about making sure their earrings match their shoes.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the with a role playing game, like you can kind of breeze through that pretty quickly. Honestly, like because mm-hmm. um, you don't have to come up with stats for things or worry no. about balance, you know.
0: Um, I like to I like to give my players a bit of potent, like, an opportunity to describe that kind of stuff, though, if they want to.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I think and- most of my current players don't really care. There's one in particular who cares a lot, <laughs> and I think you can probably guess which one it's of them it is. It's
0: fine. She's not going to listen to the podcast. It's okay. <laughs>
1: Just living up to stereotypes, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's not fair. Um, yeah, I... I do like that idea and just remembering of what people are wearing. Like my current, my current character is, he wants to be the of Pimpernel basically. So he wants to dress up like that fashionable noble. And it is that, that element of sometimes I have to remind everyone, no, he looks fucking good. Cause he spends all of his money on his clothes. Like he steals constantly, but it's because he's buying anything to make himself look good. And yeah. it's, like, it's not great for the stealth aspect, but it's also, no, you've got to remember this guy, he's a buffoon, but he looks really good. Like, think think about it. Buy into the fantasy, damn it.
1: Um, no, I've done that as well, where, like, periodically, usually it's, like, usually it is during downtime, I guess, when people are doing shopping and stuff, or probably at the end of an arc or, like, at the start of a new arc is kind of like a natural break as well. Um, but sometimes mm-hmm. I have sort of prompted everyone like, like, Hey, what do you look like? You know, has your outfit undergone any changes you've leveled up? Like, what is that, how's that changed? And I, cause I think it's really easy to forget, especially like when you're a player as well, I think it's really easy to just forget what other people's characters look like. Cause you have yeah. an idea in your own head. Like you start to build up an idea in your own head, just like, as you're playing of what different things yeah. look like.
0: And I think uh, one of the things that works really well with actual plays is the character art that they often have on screen, because then the audience is constantly yeah. getting reminded of what they look like. But players at the table don't have that unless someone does a sketch or unless you've got like a really well-made mini of what they look like. And I feel that, that you can kind of lose a little bit of the immersion by not having that description in there, Like reminding them, yeah, this person always wears pink. So maybe every time they come up, just that the, they've got a pink bow this time. They've got a pink rib choker. They've got like pink shoes. Like just reminding them, keeping that that element, so they always kind of know. Okay, this is how we identify this person.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I often, when I'm describing a character, I just go face, hair, voice. That's all I really tell people. Maybe if they're tall or not. And it feels like just giving a little bit of description to their clothes can kind of sum someone up as well.
1: Yeah, I might, I might choose different features like from person to person. Like hmm. usually, I mean, the voice it just kind of happens with it usually. But it's yeah, maybe for one character I'll describe the clothes a bit more, but for a different character I'll describe the the hair a bit more.
0: Hmm. I think get I guess what means what you want them to remember about them.
1: Yeah. Because whatever it is that you do list, you do kind of have to make an executive decision about, like, okay, this is what's... It's like, you know, it's like cartooning, that sort of thing, or just like a character design, like from a visual standpoint, What are
0: those key distinguishing features, yeah. I do have one element. I do have one element that I, I use in one game where it's somebody who's in disguise, and I very clearly say, he's dressed in the robes of the Priest of the Sun. I don't say he is a priest of the sun because they wouldn't know what that means, but I'll say he's dressed in those robes. He's got a big sash on. And it's like, but I clearly said he's just dressed in the robes. Yeah. Never said that he is that 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 that. guy, but it does also then give them the idea. Okay. So he's in robes. He's got a big sash. So it's giving that information while also giving them just that slight hint that something's wrong. It's the same as when you're looking for traps and you go, well, you don't seem to find anything.
1: Yeah. Seems to be yeah. clear.
0: With that roll, you don't find anything. It was a 27. Yeah, I know. I guess there's nothing there. Do you want to try again? Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of things that people people forget and, and get paranoid about... Um again, with the element of how D&D this episode was, when they knocked out, or well, basically after um, after Kuro kills Mary and he's just lying there in the cellar and then Zoro and Usopp, Usopp stumble across him and then they have to like, he, Kuro has to tell his minions to go chuck the bodies in the well. And I was like, that is such murder hobo behavior, just going, yeah, I killed this guy, what's the problem? And you're, like, standing in the middle of the bar with, like, three bodies around you, and then you're wondering why people are screaming. <laughs> so, like, wait, bodies don't vanish, like, in video games when I kill someone? Yeah. It's just this nice little thing. Yeah, you do have to take care of the body sometimes. Like, go deal with those. Make sure there's no evidence. <laughs> just, it's... It felt like a proper D and D game, and I loved it. I thought it was even down to when Usopp's talking about his dad. Like they're all sitting there and talking about like my dad was a pirate and he was the best shot. And Luffy's just like, "Hey, I know that guy." It's like the new NPCs oh, yeah. just gone. <laughs> my dad was the greatest warrior. It's like, oh yeah, I knew the greatest warrior too. I wonder if it's the same person.
1: Yeah. Luffy's definitely a player character. He's just like so out of place in the world. Like
0: he's he's got so much player character energy. I love it. Even saying the worst possible thing at the worst possible, oh, the best possible time, really. Like, why do you want to ship?
1: Like a new player who like has never played D and D before, and the others are like, like we know how the kind of the game works. We're kind of in character. You know, we've got these characters that are like built into the world or whatever. And Luffy's is just kind of like yeah, I just want to do my own thing. This is what I want to do, you know?
0: Love him because he has his belief that the world is going to go the way he wants it to, but not in an entitled way, if that makes sense. Like, he has this belief that the world will work out because that makes the best story or it's for good, the good of everyone. Like, he wants everything to go well, so everything's going to go well, rather than I want good things for me and everyone else can go get stuffed. It's like, yeah, it would be really great for everyone involved if you just gave me this ship. And it's like, oh, okay, no, but but I want to be the king of the pirates, and that's um, yeah, I need it. He's just, and if you say no to him, he's like, okay, cool, next. He's, I love him. I love Luffy. I can see he's why great. this is such a popular show. Like, he
1: should be annoying, but he's not. Should be, but isn't.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I want to talk about one more thing because we've got introduced to you a new character. Well, look, one more thing before we get on to Kobe. Because Kobe's someone I want to talk about and stuff on this. But Kobe. Kobe. Kobe never passed. Um, what class is Usopp?
1: Oh. Uh, I mean, he's some sort of ranged class, right? Like, he's... Potentially? Um, like an arcane archer, maybe? Yeah.
0: I'm not going to say arcane archer. That makes him a fighter. I don't think he's a fighter.
1: <sighs> it's hard to tell what he's really kind of good at. I feel like the storytelling thing is just like a... It's not so much a mechanical benefit. It's more just...
0: See, I Total was going to think that, but I think, no, he's a full bard. A bard? Mm. Yeah. Because of the storytelling aspect.
1: Okay. I guess we don't really have a bard. We haven't talked... Did we talk about the other...
0: We did. We talked about them back Zorro's in the first a episode. Zoro's a fighter. Luffy's a monk. Uh, Nami, we said, was a rogue. Well, obviously, is a rogue.
1: Y- yeah. Or, like, we I think think we high decided... so yeah, she's has charisma.
0: Yeah, she's a charisma like a... Yeah. But, yeah, and I think we decided that Kobe was a paladin, but that's when we thought we were never going to see him again. Um, um, but, yeah, I feel, I no, feel like I he's think a
1: I think bard. I think Usopp's got low charisma, because a lot of people don't like him.
0: I don't think he's a good bard. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's fair. Just Honestly, you know what, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> No, I, I feel like he does have that, like he tells the stories well, like he has the abilities. It's just, he doesn't have the connections. Yeah. I think he's constant disadvantage.
1: I think he's just got, he's a bad roller. I think is that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He just rolls low. Cause I'm thinking about like, he always means well and he. It feels like he's okay to inspire people, like that part of being a bard.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. also thinking, mm. I I remember like when they first met him and they were like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, you know, he had some like elaborate title or whatever that he'd obviously come up with himself. And then yeah. so it's like, yeah, he cleans he cleans barnacles he, and bird shit.
0: And, and scrape shit. Yeah. There's quite a bit of swearing in this episode too. I'm not sure I
1: approve.
0: Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I like my fam. So. I- it's got to be like a family friendly game, otherwise, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. That also really reminds me though of like when Luffy's like looking at the ship when they were like trying to find a ship, and they're like, uh, Luffy's like, "Yeah, it needs to be. It needs to have like at least three masts, and <laughs> you know, like a beautiful figure." <laughs> It's like clearly as well, somebody who like knows nothing about ships and it's, you know, Mm -hmm. you're asking stuff that the, the player doesn't know that the character probably would.
0: That I liked as well. It's like, describe the ship that you want to buy. So, oh, I don't know. It's got like seven cannons and like a catapult. Does it, does it though? Like you can have all that stuff. It's going to sink. No, I think going back to to Usopp and the Bard. Yeah. When he has that very flowery description of, of what it is. It feels like that's the kind of thing he's coming up with. It's like he has some talents. He's got, like, his talent is su- to support somebody else. Yeah. And I think that this is where I'm getting it from, because he's friends with Kaya. Like, he comes to Kaya and he helps her because she's sick, and, like, a lot of it is about him coming and telling her story so she doesn't feel as lonely. And it's about that support aspect of the Bard.
1: How do you feel about Kaya?
0: Oh, uh, I think we're going to talk about Kaya in the next episode, honestly. That's fair. Honestly, more, that's pretty Because she's fair. not really in sense. this much. Yeah, I like that she and Nami got to have, like, a little discussion. So, um, I it's think nice that when the part Bechdel was fun.
1: I like that that was sort of a... You know, you've always got to come up with unique ways of challenging your players as a dungeon master. Yeah. And I like that that was sort of like... You know, the kleptomaniac finding someone who, like, was rich, but also didn't care about being stolen from, you know, was yeah. like, yeah, just take it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like... I think a little bit of, well, it's not fun anymore.
1: Yeah, really, that, like, really throws a wrench in the works, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, no, I I like that idea that when it does... It's that challenging what they've set their character up as. Like, yeah. even that... Even that Nami, when they arrived there, was saying, no, no, all rich people are horrible, and she's got servants, and she's, like, just someone that you'd expect to lord it over everyone. And then she's introduced to this, this girl who's, I'm guessing, not even 18, if there's a whole point about her when she turns, well, her birthday ending at midnight. And having to confront the the preconceived notions.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the whole point of like a character arc, right? Is that it's they don't just stay the same the whole time. Mm-hmm. And in order for them to change, they need to be challenged.
0: I think having I guess the game master and the player kind of take ten, not left turns when confronted with something like that. I'm for some reason I'm very much reminded, like that sequence of her sneaking into the bedroom and let's say in mechanical terms, rolling poorly and getting caught. And there's two ways that can go. It can go of scream and then a fight, or it can go with the conversation and then the friendship. And it does kind of need both of them to like do unexpected things. And it reminds me of in critical spoilers for critical role, when Scanlan tries to hook up with someone and it turns out it's his daughter who wants to kill him. And like that's that first left turn and then Sam Regal goes, Oh shit. Yes, I have failed you. You should kill me. Like yeah. his player goes, Yeah. I I was a oh my god, I was a horrible person. I should never have done this. You should and it's like there's the other left turn of going, Oh, I see. We're leaning into this, are we? And yeah. now you have now you have drama and you've got an amazing iconic scene. And this is the same thing that it's got like, okay, well you could have oh, now we're going to get busted. They were all thieves. I was like, no, I'm just going to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, well, I could just nick off, but now I'm going to see you as a person and now I'm going to actually act like a, a human rather than a puppet that is getting strings pulled by a player character.
1: Yeah. Solid Uno reverse card.
0: Yeah. It's the word I'm looking for. Uno reverse card. Thank you so much. All right. It's time to talk about Kobe. I think, um, I really wasn't Um, prepared to talk about Kobe because I didn't think he was going to be in it anymore.
1: Um, I had that feeling as well of like, when, when, like with the first couple episodes, I thought it would be just like, oh, like, you know, kind of monster of the week, you know, every week will be, there'll be new characters, it'll be a whole new thing. Yeah. But they're showing up. There's a lot of like recurring characters, uh, even the minor ones. Are, you know, like stuff like Buggy as well. I was like, oh, that's the Buggy yeah. arc done, and then they're like, oh, Buggy's back. I'm like, oh,
0: okay. But it seems like Buggy's going to be like a re- like a recurring thing. Like he's yeah. with the bad guy. The
1: bad? Well, who knows who the bad guy is at this point? You I'm know? assuming
0: it's this guy. Like he he's set up being set up as either he's going to be in the next little arc. Or he's the bad, bad guy.
1: Yeah. Well, then there's the whole... Uh, is it General? General Garp? Admiral. Vice Admiral Garp. That's yeah. the one.
0: And maybe um, it's because I've yeah. been going back and watching old Doctor Who at the moment. But, like, there was a full Doctor companion vibe from, from Garp and Kobe in this. Um, I think, I think it was
1: more interesting to yeah. see, yeah, what Garp was doing this episode as well. Yeah.
0: I I did like that. And now that brings us to to what I want to talk about, because mostly Garp was just kind of playing a game with with Kobe. Like he was um, playing Go, as it's called.
1: It looked like it, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And now how do you feel about having other games in your role-playing game?
1: Uh, I'm not a huge fan. I've tried it, Um, but it really depends... I don't know. I think most people's, like, the tastes in games are kind of varied enough where mm. it might only appeal to, like, a couple of players at the table. They won't really get a lot of them, so.
0: Yeah. Because I have a lot of players who want to gamble, like, in-game. Yeah. And a little bit of me is like, okay, great, do you want to just start playing poker instead and we'll, yeah, we'll sit here? Yeah. And it's like Red Dead Redemption 2, you just spend all night gambling. Um. Or GTA five four, whatever it was, where you could sit there and just watch TV.
1: Yeah. Or
0: it's Gwen. Like watching I'm watching my t- character watch TV. Yeah, it's great. I I do like to put mini games in my games. Like I, I like that idea. Not so much like the gambling aspect, go like going be fun as well. Um because whenever a game shows up on Critical Role or in a source book or a splat book or something, I write down the rules immediately because that's something I can just then use whenever someone said, oh, what kind of card games are there? I'm like, well, there's this one. And it's something that you won't just go, I slide of hand and win. It's like, because it's yeah. actual chance. Because I feel that like that's what people want to do. They just want to go, cool, I win.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, I think for me, I guess like as kind of guidelines, if I'm doing it, uh, I think I would stay away from like existing real world games, you know, mm-hmm. like if have it be a unique mini game. Um, so that way they have to kind of learn it and, cause and I think that's make... also, yeah, that's part you of go. the fun is just like learning it. Yeah.
0: I think using the mechanics of D&D helps too.
1: Yeah. If you can like integrate it.
0: Yeah. There's a good example, or mechanics of whatever game, really. I'm going to say D&D because, cause that's what we're talking about right now. Um, there's an example in the, on D&D Beyond when they did, um, Big Boy B's Big Book of Giants. Uh, D&D Beyond released a thing, Giants of the Starforge. I don't know if this is for everyone that got, but it's like for 16th level characters. And one of the things that they had was that you went to meet some fire giants and they were doing all these tests. And one of them was like Stone Giants Endurance. And basically you have to sit underneath a waterfall and maintain your philosophical thoughts while having water dripped on you and it's essentially just like increasing constitution checks yeah. uh, or concentration saves to figure out who who can last longest but it's that again using the the mechanics of the game possibly to teach how those mechanics work but also going well if you're good at this thing then you're going to be good at this little mini game i've made up yeah yeah like rather than just relying on, well, it's whatever fake car gets drawn. It's like, no, no, you've put your points into strength. So arm wrestling is something you'd actually be really good at. Let's see how we can make that exciting for you.
1: Yeah, no, that's really cool. I like that. I might steal that.
0: I did one just recently, which is taken from, um, oh, I think it's called Chains of Amadeus. Asmodeus, um, which was which was launched on DM's Guild, and it was essentially a demolition derby. Um, or dodgem cars—it's the way they set it up. But I made a demolition derby where you chuck a whole bunch of people into like little vehicles, and they can only—they can move three squares, or they can turn. And if you get hit, it's a dexterity save, and if you fail, you're out. And it's last man standing. Okay. And that was good because it puts the party at odds against each other as well. And it's like, yeah. it's just a, a little fun competition, but at the end of the day, you're not killing each other, but there's a reward at the end. It's like, great, this is a little fun thing that fills in an hour, we have a good time, and then you continue on with the adventure, but it creates that illusion of it's not just a world of hack slash.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, personally, I would also, with many games. I make them low stakes as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Just because... Yeah, like you, I guess I just assume the worst. Like I assume that all my players will potentially be sore losers, or not that not as like a judge of character or whatever. But you know, it's like it they it's about having fun. You know, they should be having fun. So
0: I love that you that assume that you. <laughs> I love that you assume your players will be sore losers. I assume my players will cheat. <laughs> Wait, I put stuff in the way to make sure that they don't cheat. Because I feel like there, there's always going to be one player at every table who f- tries to find the quickest way to, like, solve this problem that I put before them. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 it's not a problem. It's, it really does not matter who wins this little match. You're going to get the healing potion either way. <laughs> it's like either you win, and they go, congratulations, here's your prize. Or it's like, oh, I'm sorry you lost. Here's a consolation prize. Yeah. Uh, no, then again, usually well. yeah. it's always important to tell the people, tell the, the party what the prize is after the contest, otherwise they'll try to steal it before the contest occurs. Oh yeah.
1: Also, also a very good tip, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's all that's always a given one. Um or just make the, the person hosting it so powerful that they just can't can't do it. I had uh the most recent one, they were in hell and they put the knife that they were gonna provide like inside a demon or inside a devil and it's like you don't want to reach in there and try and get it out like that's it's going to be messy
1: you could you could try yeah yeah certainly it's try quite... have you ever played go i don't think so not in any meaningful capacity
0: no me either i have a go board um it's the one where was... you like
1: you like? Is it the one where you can potentially chain together a lot of them, and you boop, 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 and you take a lot of pieces? Or am I think of a different game.
0: I don't know. I don't actually know how to play. <laughs> There's the one knowledge. that I'm thinking
1: of, where you just like you like hopscotch a little, like you leapfrog over the pieces and you like take them. But I no, think that's one is more... that's
0: that's drafts or checkers. Uh, Go is a little bit more that you have to kind of surround or cut yeah. off. Their their opportunities to put stuff down. Um, yeah, I don't quite know how it works. But it should they have just cool. done chess? That's another that's question. question. I guess that's what I was going to ask. Actually, leading into chess, I don't think they should have because Go is very much from what one- Like I feel that it's a one piece thing. Like it was originally Go in the, the manga, so it should stay Go in this. There's no reason it should be chess other sure. than than Eurocentricism. Um But I'm thinking again about D D, which gives you a dragon chess set. Like as one of the things that you can get as your starting equipment. It's like, well, are they going to be sitting down and playing dragon chess? Like dragon
1: chess is so complicated.
0: Exactly. Like you've got like four layers and they can fly and then there's a breath weapons involved. It's like, well, what exactly is Dragon Chess? It doesn't matter. Like Dragon Chess shouldn't really, you shouldn't have to ask these questions. It should be more about um, like just saying you've got a game kit and then letting the player decide what is that game. Like, I know that they do that with with bard instruments a little bit and say, okay, well, you've got a choice of these ones and another one. It's like, well, why not just do that with, with other items?
1: Yeah. I guess the reasoning is probably more like... Um, well, because, I mean, Dragon Chess is fantastical, you know? Like, it's not just a thing that... Like, I know it does technically exist in the real world, right? But it's not one that people be familiar with. So it's more, I think... I guess they can just choose from it but I think it's more to encourage people to be like oh what is this thing you know this is this is new this isn't a thing that I know
0: but then they ask the question of well what is this thing and the game master's like it doesn't matter <laughs> it's like you're not going to be playing that game you're playing D&D like, all right
1: yeah like how much time do you have yeah
0: yeah <laughs> uh um that's really all I wanted to talk about from this episode. Is there anything more that you wanted to cover, uh,
1: Um I just thought it was interesting to see Admiral Garp, like his character development, I guess, because I-, I think until this point, Pirate. he's been pretty one-dimensional.
0: Yeah, that's true. He's had his bulldog hat on and he's just been like, I don't like pirates. or Yeah. But now that's it's like, like oh, he
1: seems like kind of a nice guy, you know? like
0: Yeah. Like, he does seem to be taking Kobe under his wing like almost affectionately, rather than just this is an officer I can mold. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I'm suspicious. I feel like he's gonna he's gonna ruin him. No, he's I'm gonna, sold. Like trick him into doing something. All right, you're you're full on, fully on board. Yeah,
1: he's a, he's a super nice guy. Sign me up for the marines. Yeah, um, I, I did oh, love Speaking that. of characters as well, like minor mm. characters that come back, the son of Axan Morgan, the really, like, stumbling Yeah. Settling, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised at how prominent he's been, but I'm I'm all for it, honestly. He does a great kind of hateable character. No,
0: I think he's doing really well. Like, he's supposed to be unlikable, and the, the actor's pulling off perfectly. But it makes sense that if Kobe's going to be a recurring part of the series... We need a Marine we can really hate. Like Yeah, yeah. We need yeah. someone who's just full on doesn't like our heroes, doesn't like our antagonists, doesn't like any of the stuff, is just full on bad. And that's what he does. Because otherwise Kobe's there and Kobe's like, oh, but but I want to be on your side, but I like these people instead. It's like, why do you like those people? That guy's a dick. Yeah, but, exactly. Because he believes in it, we're we're kind of on their side. So you need it you always need a villain in every group. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's where I'm going with that. Um yeah. You got there. Yay, yay Garp, yay the Marines. Hooah. Um, so there's one last thing we need to do before we sign off, and that is pick a um character who gets the crit hit or the crit fail award for this week. Or I guess the yeah crit hit or crit fail still works. Thief, um, do you have one? Do you, do you want to go first? I don't know what's going on with my voice. I think it's because um, I'm sick.
1: I mean, a lot of stuff just seemed to kind of work for the Straw Hat Gang. Um yeah. Maybe like Luffy's speech. I think at the t- oh yeah. actually no, because that that kind of ended up badly as well. I guess or well, did it? Unless I guess it depends on what the DM had planned. I feel like maybe the DM didn't plan on giving them a ship, but you know it was that easily, perhaps. But then, because of the speech, they were like, "You know what? We'll give it. Well, I we'll won't just give them for free. They'll have to work for it." But you know, at least I'll <laughs> let them have a shot.
0: So giving 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 it to Luffy for the speech, not for yeah. like the DM just rolling really well at one point. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm going to give it to um, a very minor well, tertiary character, I'd say, uh, Sham, one of the, the bad pirates, the, um, the maid pirate, um, for knocking Zoro out with one hit to the back of the head. Because <laughs> can we point out that he is a fighter with three swords, which means he gets at least two attacks a turn. He's a level five fighter and one hit took him out.
1: You know what sort of build she's running? It could be like a magic weapon oh, that she's got, like.
0: No, it was just a wine bottle. It was an improvised weapon. I mean clearly she's no, got sleep attack a magic on top wine of it. Yeah. Well it's a one use one if
1: it is. Well, Zoro's also not wearing his armor.
0: That's true. That's true. I'm just saying it's it was quote, a critical unquote, hit. Armor. Yeah. It's still I'm just saying that to knock him out with one hit, it's gotta be critical.
1: I guess he wouldn't have been low HP either, like it hadn't been a busy adventuring day, so
0: yeah, exactly. Like he might be poisoned because of all the wine he was drinking. But um yeah, that's where I'm going with that.
1: Yeah, honestly, well deserved.
0: Yeah. All right, so here we go with the spiel that I always forget how it goes. So uh, thank you for listening. You can find us on wherever podcasts are found uh, and you can send us out to more listeners um, with by sharing, liking, subscribing and telling your friends about us. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, which is at dndntvpod. You can send emails about your adventuring name group to dndntvpod at gmail.com and I'll get in touch. Uh, A thief doesn't have the internet because he is wise. Uh, the only time he actually comes online is to do these these um these little talks with me. Uh, thank you for that, by the way. And uh, we are brought to you by Masters of Alchemy, the premier game mastering service in Melbourne. Um, come along down to Fortress Emporium where you can have games run by them um, and a few other things as well, but check them out at mastersofalchemy.au. Until next time, um, stay safe, be kind to yourselves, uh, may all your hits be crits, and we're going to be the king of the podcasts. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.